Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. And I'm Andrew Horowitz. And here it is, the 5th uh, Tuesday of November. It's the 29th, and we did a whole month of, with five shows. Yeah, and you're coming in a little bit light on the microphone volume. Huh. Just ever so slightly light. I'm going to jack up the uh, the, the game. You're going to do what? I'm sorry, you're going to do what? Jack up Oh, jack the up. Game. Oh, jack up. Okay. Yeah, jack up. <laughs> Whatever. I know what you, you got a dirty mind. <laughs> okay, how's this? Oh, so much better. You sound and so crisp. Yeah. <sighs> Well, I've got this thing at the limit. It's really an issue. I'm going to have to get a preamp for this mic, I think. Which mic are you using now? You still using I'm the using Heil? I'm using PR40. Yeah, that's what I use for years. Now I'm using the, uh, what am I using here? This big, same one that uh, Adam uses. Yeah, using the 320. Yeah, the, the an EV. EV3, yeah, 320, yeah, the black one. So 320. Sounds good. Got a nice bass. It has a nice sound. It's yeah, it's good, nice. But I don't know if it sounds any better than this. The Heil is great. This, the only thing that this has that the Heil didn't, um, which I don't know if this is true or not, it, there is no need for a screen on this, you know, the pee popper. Yeah, they have uh, they have uh, built-in ones, built-in. That's why that mic's so damn big. It's got all kinds of stuff built in. Yeah, it's probably all the way down. And then, and then there's also the sound that you hear where the Heil, if you got really up close, it gives yeah, you there's, the Yeah, there's proximity effect yep, with the Heil. There's exactly. none with that thing. Right. I mean, you can get the proximity. I mean, if I get in really close, you know, but it's not nothing compared nothing. to no, nothing compared to this. Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I like my how I used it for years. As a matter of fact, on your recommendation, I used it for years, but, yeah. I, but I always like, you know, this is our, this is our biz. So I like every once in a while getting something new and different. I've swapped with. the bikes in and out. I always end up back with the Heil because of its uh, form factor. Mm. Yeah. It's compact. Okay, here's the warm-up. Here we go. Big tippers, no more. We have a big change in trend when it comes to tipping at restaurants. And I have a couple of questions here because I read some of these surveys that were done. I'm like, oh, people tip? You're supposed to tip for that? Oh, okay. Uh, what's happening with oil prices? Once again, we're seeing the same shenanigans that we saw last week. And there's a big week coming up uh, through the end of this week. But also this week, there's some very strange Things happening Sunday. There's an OPEC meeting on Monday. There's a European. You remember we've been waiting for the sanctions to go into effect in 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 Europe, saying you know Russian fuel, Russian oil, Russian energy. Yeah, they're gonna and you know we're gonna just we're doing it. We're gonna do it. And we're gonna do it on December fifth. Why they picked that date? Because I'll tell you why. They thought this goddamn war was gonna be over by now. That's why they pushed it out so long. So this is all converging into next week, and it can be a disaster. You know, if all of a sudden they decide to do some price caps and they do sanctions and OPEC says, screw you, prices are too low, I mean, we could see oil really skyrocket in here, possibly. So something to think about. Yeah, that would be an interesting play if you if really on top of it. Yep. Uh, end of the year, close to the pin, working on this. If you uh, are watching, we have this S&P 500 that's going on right now. Uh, and I want to let you know what I'm doing tomorrow, uh, well, late tomorrow, into Thursday. I'm doing a charity sporting clays tournament this week. I was invited to shoot. Oh, have you done this before? No. You, you know me pretty well. Does it seem like a thing that I do? Yeah, you fish a lot. It's, a, it's not that far off the, off the, uh, off the, uh, the image map. Yeah, but it's 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 just not, I mean I'm just hoping to come back with all my fingers, you know, and all I've shot, you know, I've done I've done sporting clays before, you know, the rabbits and the uh the the, the clay have pigeons on it. Shot skeet? Yeah. Same as you, you have? Know, isn't skeet a little bit just the same thing? Isn't it a little bit different? Well, there's two there's the two main gun sh things of competition. They have skeets and traps. Right. And I don't know the difference necessarily. Well, the difference is the traps are, well, one thing, the traps is really hard. Traps, the uh, the clay pigeon is shot into the air away from you and it gets further and further away. Yes, I've done that. Skeet, the traps, go. the this clay pigeon goes across in basically the same distance from you. 
So I usually do all. trap and skeet then because I do stations and one goes flying that way and one goes up to the left and you got to shoot both of them. Well, maybe. And then you got the rabbits that go along the ground. Yeah, I've never done that. That's the one only thing I haven't done. Yeah, so I got this going on and everybody's, well, I was invited to go with my good friend Paul tomorrow. So we'll see what this is all about. It should be interesting. It's an early morning shoot. Uh, and then uh, we go up to this really cool uh, shooting club in the middle of Florida. And it looks kind of posh, to be honest with you. So I'm I guess sure it is. I'm sure there'll be plenty of drinking and fun. Yeah. That's going to be a good time. Nothing like shotguns and booze. <laughs> what a combination. That's what I said. I'm hoping to just come home with all my fingers. That's my hope. That's what that, that would be like a major victory for me. Um, but I am bringing, by the way, I do have my hunting outfit, my, my, uh, drab pants and yeah. my, and my, uh, see, this doesn't surprise me. Yeah. No, I gotta look good. I gotta look good when I'm doing it. Come on. And, and, uh, and I have my, uh, fall colored, uh, camouflage that I'll be yeah. wearing. Yeah. You look like a schmuck. <laughs> okay. So, um, we also have an iPhone production snafu that's going on. It's large numbers of iPhones seemingly not going to be coming down the pipe for the holidays. So that's uh, going on there. Now, in terms of our markets, uh, November is trying to be an up month. It's, 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 it's desperately trying to cling to an up month. And even though we had that 500 point down on the Dow yesterday, on Monday, and then 1.5% on the S&P slash NASDAQ, eh, still hope, a lot of hope. But because one of the big reasons that's what's going on is bond yields finally moving down and prices are moving up. And that has been really good for all those portfolios that got decimated because they were diversified. What a great month this is. The dollar down is helping things like commodities, it's helping emerging markets, helping foreign markets. The stock market's going up. That's good, too. And the bond markets yields down is really jacking up the prices and that side. So, you know, this is a, one of the best months October was a great month, too, for markets. But in totality, this is a great month for diversified portfolios. Yeah, one, yeah I guess so. Yeah, one of the reasons is the dollar's down about 4.5% in November. So Hong Kong stock's up another 5% on Monday. And this is on the various whims of... Down or Up. Up. They go down a little bit. They go up a lot. So some of the names like a Tencent and a Baidu and a, um, you look at the Pinduadua or Pindaudau, whatever you pronounce that. They've been up, I mean, 30, 40% this month. Crazy month. One of the best months for the technology index in Hong Kong ever this month. This idea that there's going to be a change in policy for COVID somehow, that the zero COVID policy is going away, is circulating. So I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. There's some some commentary that they're going to talk about the B blah, 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 two, whatever, blah, variant is just like the flu. They're not concerned about this one. Therefore, they're just going to open it up. In other words, saving face. That would be kind of interesting. They're like, ah, this one's not as bad. It's more like. Well, they have this whole thesis and then they bail out on it. Back and forth every other day. This is like the. The, the President Xi Jinping is is graduated from the the uh, management the, the business and 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 information uh, school led by Elon Musk. The Elon Musk School of Business Management. It's like what it's crazy. Yeah, say one thing one day and say something else the next. Yeah, and then go back to the original idea and then yeah. contradict yourself. Correct. It's like Biden. This whole shenanigans with. Trying to push up the unions, <laughs> yeah, and then he screws them over. Yes, yeah. Hey, he if wants, you guys are going to strike, he wants all oh, big union men, good paying union <laughs> jobs, and the union does takes one step. The next thing you know, Biden's trying to pass a law to not let him do anything. <laughs> How great! What kind of a union man is this guy? <laughs> that was great. I, I thought that was so funny. I saw that too, and I just said, "What is this guy? Good paying union jobs, man." Yeah, yeah, Jack. You get that union job, and you get in Jack. there, and you got to, you got, you got to, you got to. Hey, Joe, you got that solid future. You're gonna have a quality job and all that. You know, you can do what you ever want. You, your, your future's in your hands if you join a union, unless it, you know, somehow affects me. Then I'm gonna change things. 
So uh, another year's coming to an end. We just talked about November. What What's your thoughts? I mean, are we going to be Scrooged into the end of the year? Is it going to be a, uh, a, a great Santa rally? Uh, will it be a Santa rally? Um, I don't think that, I think the numbers are going to be okay, but I, I think people don't re- reject the idea that they're going to be okay. And I think that, I don't know if there's going to be a Santa rally. I, I would bet no. I mean, I would say that we've kind of had it already. We've had the run-up. Yeah, October. Yeah, October into to, to a degree November. And, uh, you know, we're talking about over 4,000. Uh, well, we were over 4,000 on the S&P 500. And it uh, seems to me that if you look at valuations by any method, unless you think that things are going to go somehow back to the crazy days again, I don't understand where... You got to be very careful where you pop your money these days, I think. So I don't know if we're going to see things like caution. Caution will be the theme. Yeah, caution will be a theme. And you wonder if 2023, you're going to enter into like the post, uh, like the 1930s, 1970s, like the ghost of Christmas past. Or, you know, easy Fed and they're going to pivot again. And thinking that maybe that's going to continue on this this constant back and forth with ah you know the Fed's really tough but oh wait they're going to stop and inflation we hit peak inflation which yeah that's great but we need to get deflation to bring us back to prices that we were yeah that's never going to happen not going to happen so therefore we're stuck with higher prices yeah stuck stuck some of the prices are pretty outrageous yep yep yep. I tend to be a shopper. So I go to these, you know, I go to a place where you, the price, you don't see this so much, but I went to a regular grocery store and as opposed to a farmer's market or anything where they normally do. And I was looking at some of the stuff. It's just like outrageous. I don't understand how anyone can put up with it. What did you buy though? You bought something. Uh, you did, did you buy? caved. Well, I bought stuff that I couldn't get any place else. Right. So you mostly. paid the price, didn't you? That's the point. Well, I did pay the price. I thought it was over. I thought I paid too much. I could have, uh, but it was like, you know, every, it's like on a $50 grocery bill would have been 40. So until and you can tell until people like you will stop actually buying the product because they think they can't get it anywhere else and they need it and they want to have it because they deserve it. And you have to just, you know, that's the, until that happens, whatever that breaking point, that pain point is, we're not going to see an end to inflation. I mean, what would, what would, would it be if the bill was $60, not $50, would that have stopped you? No, I mean, it's too late. But I'll tell you this, I was looking at the price of chicken, and it's kind of way down since, you know, so that's gone down. Yep, $2.99 a pound, I saw it. I saw $1.79. Wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah, things are coming down. Certain things are coming down. Certain things are staying up. And the other things are going to come down as well, mark my word, especially what we're seeing in the housing market. It seems that housing... Um, sales are, are more sales are going on, not, not an actual sale. I shouldn't say that for sale signs going up, but less sales. Seeing it all over the neighborhoods, just go down the block and start counting. There's the nobody, signs. Can, nobody can afford it. The houses and the prices aren't going to uh, recede because the demand is too high. Correct. Very simple math, right? In California, we, yeah, the math is very simple with real estate. People should get used to it. In California, we're 3 million units below what the, ne- the, the needs of the public. Three million. That's a lot. So wait, that should that should continue to promote higher prices and sales, but they can't afford it. Is what your point is? It promotes higher prices, but it also you know the say yeah it's a problem because you can't get the mortgage at these rates. It's just a real interesting situation. Yeah, yeah. The problem with with the sales are that. And again, when is it going to break? When people finally stop and say, well, that's enough, right? So you're going to have the situation where um, there's going to be that that pain point where people are like, listen, you know what? That house is 500 grand. Uh, at these rates, I can afford it at 420. That's it. And they'll adjust. They'll adjust because- Yeah, the, they, the public at large might adjust, but at 420, it, it will never get to that because of these these conglomerates that are buying up real estate. John yes. buys Bay Area houses. The ad, last thing I saw before I started doing this show. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, brothers, you know, all these house buyers, they're advertising on TV. You have a house for sale. You want to sell your house? Just sell it to us right now. We'll give you cash right now. 
But is that any different than the Carvanas or the Vrooms that try to, you know, really bring you a lowball price and you're just willing to get out on it? And then eventually they're going to get stuck just like we saw. No, they're with, all going to get, they're yeah, going to get stuck. Zillow got stuck. Um, open door got stuck. I mean, you see the price of the open door stock? It's not not pretty. Not pretty at all. <laughs> no. I don't even know what open, open door does. They basically will buy houses sight unseen. Oh, that's a smart business practice. That's what Zillow did also. But remember what Zillow did was they bought the house sight unseen in areas that they could go behind and prop up uh, the, the housing prices. Yeah. It's like what SoftBank did with their gamma squeezes by utilizing options to buy pump up the price on the stock that they already owned. But they did it with housing. They, they basically cornered the market on the price. Yeah. This kind of the cornering the market idea is never works out. Nope. What happened with this, the, 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 the classic cornering the market. Well, of course it was uh, trading places with, with uh, orange juice futures, right? Remember that movie? Yeah. But it was also the silver market. Yeah, and that's when uh, Hunt. Yeah, the Hunt brothers. Uh, Bunker Hunt, to be specific. Uh, he's the one who tried to corner the market on silver and damn near did it, but didn't work out. Didn't work out. This didn't <laughs> it work never out. works out. Didn't work out. It came close. I, mean, I can tell you how many times in the market that all of a sudden you do like a trade and you put, oh my God, I put two extra zeros on it on a trade. You're like, oh, it's up. All right, I'm going to sell it. Wait, how did I lose money on this? I don't understand how I lost money on this. You know, the this kind of every, everything comes around on that. But anyway, uh, we do have some deflation in the area. Well, that reminds me of the, the stock market chart. Did I tell this joke before? I don't know. Let's hear it. Where the guy the guy uh, calls the broker. He says, uh, "I want. I'm going to get some more company X Y Z. I need to buy more X Y Z. I need to get get as much as you can." He says, "Okay, I'll get you a thousand shares." He says, and then calls him back. He says, "What happened?" He says, "The thousand shares have doubled in price." So get me 10,000 shares. I want to see, see what happens. It goes up. Says, You're in good. You got good, good news for you. It's, it's double again. It's worth $40,000. He said, well, buying 10,000, 200,000 shares. He keeps buying and buying. It's just the stock is worth a million dollars a share. He says, okay, now sell it. And the broker says, to who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. You got all the shares, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's talk about tipping for a second. You know, you tip, you go to a restaurant, you do your thing. I don't know about you, but I'm not one of these automatic tippers. I'm more of a, you know, if you get good service, you get a good tip, you got bad service, I'm giving you a bad tip. Yeah, I gave up on that idea, but go on. What do you mean you gave up on that? Why, do you get you get chased out of the place? Sir, miss, sir, sir, excuse no, me. No, I haven't had that happen, but it's a, at some point you just have to say, well, when you find out these guys are getting ripped off by the restaurant owners, so yeah, I, yeah, I just give 18% unless, the, unless it's a disaster. So 18 is now the new 15. Yeah. 15 was for years. And now it's I love 15. 15 was fine. I was yeah. fine with it. It used to be 10. Yeah. So about 17% of Americans are tipping less due to inflation, while only 10% are tipping more, according to a recent survey of more than 1,000 people by Play USA. So first of all, let's get something straight. It's only 1,000 people, and who the hell is Play USA? So let's just get that on the table, okay? <laughs> yeah, this sounds like bull, bull crap to me too. For I'll tell you why. Uh, we were looking for some housekeeping help. Uh-huh. Uh huh. For this particular house, and uh, and uh, we couldn't find anybody that would work for any reasonable price. It was ridiculous, and it turns out that all the housekeepers are being bought up, uh, overpaid. They're being overpaid by uh, both. Uh, Millennials and Gen Zs uh, in particular, they have money. They're, they don't know what they're doing. They're complete incompetence, these millennials and Gen Zers. And they not only pay too much for their cleaning services, which is what we're going to call it, but it turns out they're tipping them. Oh, God. Mimi found out about this and she was adamant. She says, no wonder we can't get anyone to help us because these idiots are not only paying too much, but they're tipping them. So I don't believe this this report. I think people are either over tipping or they don't know what they're doing. They're, you know what it is? They don't know what they're doing. Well, that's a, that's where some of this comes into play here. So th this goes on to a, an interesting whether whether we can believe what this is or not. About you know half or fifty four percent are all said to feeling pressure to leave a tip when checking out on an iPad and things. Of, you know because you get that 
thing that comes across, right? When you when you you, know, you got to put more. But here's what I, I wanted to get at. So it talked about while well, tipping at full service restaurants is held, held steady at about nineteen point six percent. That's the average, which I that's, I, I, that's I, high. It's high, according to but that's according to Toast. Now Toast is the uh, point of sale system they have in, in a great great company, crappy stock, but uh, interesting point of sale. Uh, system and and restaurant, we'll call it uh, 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 order processing. And um, here's what I thought was really interesting. When it comes to takeout, customers are tipping even less, now down to 14.4% on average after a climb during the pandemic. What's with that? So I go to the restaurant and I grab a bag that is put together in the kitchen and people are tipping 14 or 15%? It's outrageous. I mean, am, am I just a jerk that I don't do that? I never tip the takeout. I mean, it's it's one thing that somebody's getting 20% this is the from same walking I'm from the about. kitchen. This is the, like, can you imagine my wife wanted 20% every time she table, put something on the table? Oh, my God. When you're, it's on the table, they're waiting on you. They're bringing dishes out. They're taking orders. They're going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. They're doing work. Takeout is something, like you said, it's just you, you have to go back and give it to the cook, but you don't give the cook tips normally. So why are you doing it now? It's bull crap. I don't, and I can find, I can get some nasty notes. I've never tipped, I don't tip takeout. And why don't we tip the cooks? Now, let me just say something. We tip somebody that schleps plates on and off the table and brings me drinks back and forth. The, t- the cooks get paid a really good salary if they're any good. Eh, in some places. The waiters in a lot don't. of places, they're getting crap. And a lot of times, the waiters at the front of the house can make a lot more money than the cooks make. Yeah, because they're getting good tips, obviously. Right, exactly. 19%. Yeah. I think that should be shared. They share well, the, some they places share with the busboys. They share with the busboys. So they some they share places share. Some believe, maybe some of them just have the chefs just... Well, we sound like a couple old tightwads sitting oh. here grousing about tips. Yeah, these tips. I don't understand these young people. All right, more inflation. The average American household is spending $433 more a month to buy the same goods and services it did a year ago, or according to a Moody's analytics Sounds right. um, analysis of October inflation data. Mortgage rates have doubled from a year ago. So each $100,000 costs 3% more, $3,000 per $100, or 250 per month. Just on a hundred thousand for anyone that's buying a house now. You know, if you have a house already, you're in good shape. Hopefully, you got a good deal. Uh, we got some new things um, going on. Tech wars. Apple is down three percent on Monday. Down another, I think, one and a half percent today. Gapping below its fifty-day moving average. Big production concerns related to their iPhone in China, and also there was a drop because Elon Musk, which I hate bringing him up already. He is waging war on Apple's 30% app store fee. How dare they charge an exorbitant rate for in, 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 uh, in-app purchases? So he's uh, toss, talking about the possibility that, you know what, if, they, if, if, if Apple kicks me out of the, uh, the, 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 the store for one reason or the other, you know what he's going to do? What do you think he'd do? Start his own Apple store. He's going to start his own phone. He's going to create his own phone. Yeah, that too. He could do it. Yeah, he could do that, right? I mean, why not? The specs are all out there. He can do anything. He's yeah. <laughs> he can do what he wants. Yeah. So Phil Schiller, you know him, a longtime Apple marketing exec who, who who leads the Apple store, the App Store, he deleted his Twitter account. So. Well, what is with these people? And I think, I don't know if this is a fun thing, a real thing, or fake thing. You know how that AOC was complaining about the $8 to Musk comes back and says, hey, I understand your concerns. Now pay the $8. Well, yeah, I saw a tweet today and I got to see if it was real, but it was Tim Cook saying to um, Elon Musk, I understand your concerns. Now pay the 30%. <laughs> so I don't think Cook has, you know, that's a funny it's funny. Let's start with that premise because uh, it's, you know, a callback. But I don't think Tim Cook's funny. So I no. wonder if it's real. No, he's not funny. And not funny I, I would guy. think he would be more inclined to keep away from the 
mudslinging on Twitter. Yes, I agree with that too. Especially because uh, Elon o- owns all the mud now. He does. <laughs> so he's loaded with mud. Yeah, so he could do it every once there. I don't know. It seemed, but but it was a good line. If it was, if it wasn't Tim Cook, it was a great line. <laughs> either way, yeah, somebody he has writers. Yeah. Um, so then there's some concern also that uh, the the main town that Foxconn is in is under a complete lockdown, which supposedly is going to be opening up tomorrow. And somewhere in the neighborhood of 20% of the production is not only going to be reduced, but it's never going to come back. I don't know if I have Here it is right here. Total iPhone 14 Pro and 14 Pro Max shipments in fourth quarter 2022, which is now, will be 15 to 20 million units less than expected. Significant downside risk to Apple and iPhone supply chain due to Zenzu phone plant labor protests. And they're talking about how this, because of the timing of it and because of the amount and where they are in the iPhone cycle, this may be lost. You know, you usually get the upgrades or the new people buying it, then you go to the next upgrade site. So they're almost missing an upgrade cycle or part of it. So it's pretty bad. Zhenzhou. That's where they're uh, shutting down. All right, Black Friday. Okay, oh, I have a question for you, and maybe you could answer. Who do you think won the game, according to whatever metrics, um, on the online search, if this is even significant, I don't know, uh, in retail, online retail? What game was it? I don't. I'm so not getting it. It was the searches for Black Friday discounts. So you, so you go into search engines, you go Black Friday discounts. I, I guess it was on Walmart. So it was on the Walmart site. Surged 386 percent year over year, leapfrogging rival retailer Amazon. So the, what I bring this up is because of the total nonsense of the news. This is why I bring this up. Okay. The reality is that Amazon already had the first Black Friday. They had an event already. And they're yeah. always having these discounts. So because the searches for Black Friday discounts on Walmart surged 386%, maybe it's just a bunch of people typing it over and over. Who the hell knows? What does that even mean? But wait a minute. So who's giving us these numbers? Is Walmart saying we've had this many searches for Black Friday discs? Because there's no other way of finding out. It was it was uh, the Captivis survey on most searched retailers on Black Friday. So you know maybe somebody they were typing in Black Friday discounts Walmart. Well, if you did that, that would be you could yeah a lot of people would have that number. So, but I would say the following. I see, I buy a lot of stuff from Amazon. I buy some stuff from Walmart, but rarely. Uh, and my wife won't even walk into one. She hates the company. And uh, if I'm going online, if I'm on Google, I would, and want to know what was going on on Walmart for Black Friday, I, I, that's the search term I'd put in. But normally I would just go to Amazon because I have, it's like, you know, bookmarked. I just click on the browser. Amazon comes up. I just look it up there. I wouldn't go through the browser because I'm, I've got an Amazon ready to go link. Doesn't make sense. I'm telling you. Then they're talking about uh, right before Black Friday, expected to pull nine billion in online sales, a one percent jump from the previous year, according to Adobe. One percent. Wow. Yeah, one percent from the previous year, which is you know still good considering the economy is supposed to be slowing. And the the question though is, okay, one percent in in a, in a Eight percent inflationary time. Does that mean there's a lot more discounts going on? No, I would say one percent during eight percent inflation is a is a net loss. Correct, and you would be right, but you'll never see that. Thanksgiving Day online spending hit a record of about five point two nine billion, an increase of two point nine percent year over year, according to Adobe, which tracks retail sales on sales on retailers' websites, which. Why? Why does, Adobe do that? Why does Adobe do that? that that's the question <laughs> I was going to ask. I understood that. They're a big tracker of, this is their thing. They track I know online. they bought that company. Their company used to be in San Francisco, Omnicron or some company. They did all this tracking and Adobe bought them for some unknown reason. 
I mean, are people paying Adobe to what? Why wouldn't you do it on your own? Why wouldn't you track your own? They got to be tracking their own. Because, you know, they want to see where the routes are and where people are going, what they're saying, what is the cutoff, the page time, you know, the directions. That's stupid. So uh, typically shoppers spend about 2 to $3 billion online in a day, according to Adobe. Well, they hit 5.29 on Thanksgiving Day. That increase was driven by demand, not inflation, they say. The lead analyst of Adobe. Demand, not inflation. Nope. Couldn't be. Increase of 2.9%, not well, how, Wait, inflation. how would you know that? But he's an analyst at Adobe. <laughs> what are you talking about? What, is he a mind reader? Yeah, he's, he's, got, he's a guy, Vivek, Ipendia. He's got a, one of those, he's got a very, very important position. It's usually pronounced Vivek, by the way. But, all right, whatever. Uh, online sales haven't been driven higher by inflation. Okay, since e-commerce is largely made of electronics, apparel, and durables, they've stayed stable in price or declined compared to groceries. Again, cherry-picking stupidity. So, we got some crypto news. Always, not good. Brendan Blummer, known as one of the creators of the EOS blockchain and one of the richest people in the crypto space, has bought a 9.3% stake in crypto-friendly bank Silvergate. Now he owns 17%. Now, meanwhile, these are the guys that lend out and they've helped out a lot of the different companies and the startups, various parts of the whole crypto process. BlockFi files for bankruptcy. November 30th, SBF is still doing a talk. It's tomorrow. Let's see if this actually happens. You can probably look this up online. Look up the DealBook uh, conference with Andrew Ross Sorkin. Somehow he's still invited or maybe not just invited, he's willingly talking like, Ah, sorry, but let's talk about it. How weird is this? It's quite strange. And the problem is you got Andrew Ross Sorkin talking with Sam Bankman-Fried. You know, you can't trust the three namers. Yeah. So, several exchanges and other uh, names are coming up with uh, rescue money into various uh, holes in the market. So, you know, Binance and a few other guys are saying, hey, you know what, we're going to have all this money available I don't understand the charitable nature of these people and where this money comes from. You know, I don't know about you, but it seems to me that money is, it, it earned money is hard to earn, right? You know, under any circumstance. And, and you never see major companies like, could you imagine if, uh, you know, a company was going out of business all of a sudden, you know, we saw that uh, Tim Cook is like, hey, you know, oh, I'm going to send him 400 million. Eh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll take a, uh, they need some help. That's, that's not how it works. This charitable nature of people because places are going under. It's only really to save their own ass to make it look like there's, you know, we're going to hide all the damage. Crypto's in bad shape. Very sad. Well, let's see what happens. China. You want to talk about China? China. 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 Uh, weird lockdown. So, did you see this whole video of the welding of the sh doors being shut on a building. <laughs> Did you see this? Yeah. I'm, it's dubious. This, the thing that. We think Adam and I on the no agenda show, which is every Thursday and Sunday. Yes, it is. Um, we think the whole thing is sketchy. All the movies and stuff they're showing and the guys in the white costumes and everything seems very why, how, how do we get this information all of a sudden out of China? Did you see the one in a guy in a mall that gets, uh, they did some kind of contact tracing. They found him and he's in yeah, a mall about it. and he's, they put him in like a uh, boy in the plastic bug bowl with wheels. No, I did not see that. And they cart him through the, I think it was the airport or something. They cart him through the airport to a containment area in this, in a see-through like uh little midi, Hermetically sealed tent. <laughs> Just walking through. And, you know, the guys with the full full dress, right? The full garb. Yeah. Uh, 20,000 new hires left Foxconn recently. They were offered money, uh, 10,000 yuan or $1,396 to employees who wanted to resign and leave. There's all this chaos that was going on. So there was this weird thing where they hired them. There was some kind of a... They weren't really working. They were training. There was some kind of glitch in the payment system, and they started rioting and freaking out. It's very rare to see 
protests in areas like China. And it's even more, I think, I think rare for that information to get beyond the walls of China. Yes, in fact, the reports that we have are that these protests are not that unusual. They're not necessarily all about the same thing, but they're here and they're there around China, but they never get out. No, that's right. So how are they? And now we have a big concerted effort about one thing and it's getting out. How does that work? You have to, to, you know, the coincidence of more than one protest about the same thing, which I guess never happens, but is happening now. And then second coincidence is all getting out. Yeah. This is fishy. Fishy. Well, China is going to be poning up more money. Uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago that they were making loans a little bit easier and saying they could lend and borrow and pay Peter to, to, to pay Paul and all this stuff going on. Well, their biggest commercial banks have pledged at least $162 billion in fresh credit now to property developers. So this is going to the reg, you know, help with the regulatory measures to ease a stifling cash crunch in the sector. So who does this? What kind of bank would do such a thing? Well, it's a state-owned bank. Banks, they're lining up around $131 billion worth of credit lines to developers. So then we had other lenders. So a total of about $160 billion total. Um, you know, 31 from private lenders, 131 from from uh, state-owned banks. And developer stocks dropped like yeah, 10 to 25%, depending on the developer, on that news. Why not? Give me that kind of money. My stock will, I'll make a stock go up. I'll make the Andrew, Andrew stock go up. You know, it's kind of like that FTT used as collateral, mm-hmm. which I still think is hilarious. Last week's Discipline Investor podcast um, that's running right now, we had a wonderful guest who was the, the uh, he's an attorney with a cryptocurrency firm, but spoke some really good, you know, really good down to, to earth stuff. Next week coming up, Ben Hunt. If you haven't heard Ben Hunt from Epsilon Theory, we we are going to get into it also, and he has a lot to talk about the uh, uh, the 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 uh, stuff that Sam Bankman Fried did and all this, and kind of puts it makes a lot of sense. Of it. But another two, we're kind of squashing together for the end of the year. Um, Argentina central bank now poised to hold rates at a whopping seventy five percent for the entirety of two thousand twenty three. <laughs> so that means you could buy Argentinian bonds. Maybe on a one, two, three-year basis at 75%. But the whole point is you hope to God that you're going to be buying it in pesos, and that's not going to go to zero, and uh, that they will pay you back. Now, the, the good news is if you can last a year and they don't pay you back, you only lose 25%, right, because you got the interest. If you got the interest, yeah. If, if you get the interest, 75%. So if you get a two-year bond and you make it a year and a half, at least you make 25% of the two years because you'll get the, the full year plus a half a year, right? So you make 30% so divided by one and a half. 15%. Sounds like a good deal if, you, if it holds if, up. There's so many ifs going on. But you know what? The reason There's a reason There's a reason why it's 75%. And? Well, because, it, because it's a little risky. <laughs> oh, of course. Slightly risky. You take your chances. Yeah, take your chances. We have some holiday cheer in Costco, store in Clifton, New Jersey. A woman walked in, 49-year-old woman walked in Sunday afternoon, and she had to write to the uh, jewelry counter. And she said to the jewelry guy, hey, jewelry man, yeah, that ring right there, can I can I take a look at it? Sure. Can I try it on? Sure. She tried it on. She, eh, you know what? Mm, I don't want it. The ring was priced about 28 grand. She looked at the ring. She, she put it down. And she walked out of the store. She didn't make a purchase at all. Now, as it turns out, she had secretly swapped yeah. the expensive ring for a cheaper one that she had allegedly stolen earlier that day from a disc- different Costco store. So, well, the ring has to look the same, and you have to be a mag- you know magicians can do this. Sure, I mean, I, I, if anyone's out there gets a shot at you know, being in a convention or going someplace where they have these these close-up magicians playing to small audiences where you can stand right next to the guy and uh, watch them work, which I've done more every chance I get, actually. It's fascinating because you 
they could do anything they want. You know, what about those guys that take a card like the two of clubs and somehow it ends up in your wallet? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, without, a them lot touching that, it, without them touching it. Yeah. A lot of that is, are you, they use plants. Has to be. Because to be. you can't, you know, there's certain things you can't do, but the close up magic guys don't do that so much. They have you look right. You're right there on top of it. And they're making things disappear. And well, it's, uh, she was bad phenomenal. at it. She got caught. Now, you remember we've been talking for, I don't know, 10 years about how crappy and the worst bank of all time, the, the, besides Wells Fargo. Put Wells Fargo in, in one. Besides Wells yeah, Fargo. Besides, worse than Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo of the European continent in a different level because of the amount of money laundering that they've been at claim, uh, 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 Well, that said, could be half those banks. Credit, credit Suisse, though, has been just no, a, credit Suisse just is a, a disaster. Just a disaster. Huge asset outflows, by the way. Huge dilutive deal they're pursuing for, I think, $4 billion that now because the assets are flowing out, the $4 billion is not going to cover the amount they need to bring them up to the level for regulatory. So mm. I think this institution should be put down. So it That'll be the day. Yeah, it's going to post a loss before taxes of around $1.5 billion Swiss francs, about, about $1.5 billion. Yeah. Um, after lower deposits and assets under management led to reduced commissions and fees. Yeah, it's just about what Disney lost in one quarter of streaming service. Yeah, that's something, huh? <laughs> but these guys, these guys, it's it's a terrible bank. It's just, I don't know why they're allowed to, first of all, I think people are getting the hint. Why would I put my money there? Now there's other products they have. They have some ETF products and other things. That's okay. That's a different deal. I'm talking about working directly with the bank or with their um, directly with their wealth management, directly with their stock trading. You know, why have an account with them? It just makes no sense to me. It makes no sense. Crap. I'm talking about the chicken flu. The chicken flu. Avian flus have wiped out. The avian flu has wiped out 50 million birds in the United States this it year. Wiped out. We're wiping the chickens out by ourselves. What, by eating them? No, by killing them, culling it, culling yeah, culling, is the word. Yeah, yeah, they didn't, I mean, they didn't commit chicken suicide, but the, the, the 50 million birds were culled this year. Yeah. The outbreak uh, of chickens, turkeys, and other birds represent the worst U.S. animal health disaster to date, topping the previous record of 50 million. You know what, they could, listen, they could have gotten vaccinated. Right? Where was Fauci on this? Well, Fauci's obviously a chicken. <laughs> the U.S. outbreak, which began in February, infected flocks of poultry and non-poultry birds. I didn't know this. It seems that um, wild birds like ducks transmit the virus. Ducks, geese, and I think some other, maybe crows even. Mm. Mm. Pretty interesting. Uh, Mercedes-Benz is releasing a new accelerator acceleration increase feature to its electric vehicles that cost $1,200 uh, a year for drivers to unleash enhanced performance on their cars. Oh, wait a minute. Let me get this straight. Yes, go ahead. So it's already on the car. Mm -hmm. You got that? But you had to pay 1200 bucks for them to flip the virtual switch on the internet to turn it on. That would be correct. Seems like it's the same thing as your cable speed. It seems like a scam. The subscription would allow Mercedes EQ, EQE, and Mercedes EQ, EQS to accelerate from zero to 60 in 0.8 to one second faster through the fine tuning of the electric motors. The maximum output would increase 20 to 34%. How's it do for gas mileage? Well, I don't know. It's electric for God's sakes. These are uh, the electric cars. Well, then I meant milliwatt hours uh, so, usage. I mean, would it? I know that we have a problem with this. It's like we have the car is equipped with power seats, but they won't work unless you pay. That that's like that's repulsive, right? Oh, that's that's no excuse for that. But what if you were to buy a car without power seats, you would pay less, right? As an example? That would be true in the normal world. In the normal world. But if you bought a car with power seats, it would cost more. So my point is. In a way, it kind of makes sense for these car manufacturers just build the same goddamn car with 
the same specs, but differing things turned on that you choose to buy. What's wrong with that? I mean, that's a different way of looking at it, right? That's a pretty, uh, I would say that's a sick way of looking at it. <laughs> Why? Why? Because it's like uh, selling somebody a, 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 a gallon of soda, but the pouring device on the gallon will only let you pour out a quart. My TV, and- my TV, my cable box has the ability to do pay-per-views, but I have to pay to turn it on. That service. Well, I think your other example is better. The one where the cable line, the line you have, which is giving you uh, 500 gigabits per megabits per second, can give you a gigabit if they turn something on at the at the at the somewhere. Right. That's to me is is actually that's actually a tricky, a specious comparison. Now, the more I think about it, because. It's not as though you have the gigabit coming in and then it's so you, in other words, you have the gigabit here. It is. I got a gigabit, but I'm, I can only access half of it here. I don't have the gigabit unless they fix something at the main, at the main computer that give me the gigabit. That's different than the car. It, it, you know, the car, you, you, you've got it. It's there. You could hack it and make it go on. It seems to me, and I think a good business for anyone out there that runs a, a, a auto shop, uh, could probably turn all these features on with a flick of a switch uh, at the shop. It's like a jailbreak. Yeah, jail. There you go. Exactly the same. Uh, except for the fact that the jailbreak allows you to put other things on the phone. It's not that they're there already. No, I, th- I think it's a scam. So you think that whatever the car has should have those features, end of sentence, and then it'd be a different car, different model, whatever, for different cost factor. That's fine. But not to have things turned on and turned off. That would be my position. Mm. All basically. Right. All right. I think that I think I think there's some as you mentioned earlier some old fart thinking going on there. I think you mentioned What that. on my part? Yes. I don't think so. Mm. I just think that we could bring the cost down for cars Listen, entirely. You know, this goes this goes way back to the uh IBM era when they had these. That's my chain- point, old fart. It goes way back to that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I know, but they were trying to pull the same stunt back in the day. What were they doing back then? They would take it. You have this chain printer. I think is what they were called. It was a certain kind of printer and for big mainframes. And they had, uh, they, they offered everybody an upgrade. Or you, you, would you like, or would you like to get a new faster to twice as fast printer? And you say, yeah, sure. And then they basically go to the old printer that you already have. And they just, it's not the same as flipping a switch, but they chain, change the, the one of the belts in there. And next thing you know, it runs twice as fast. Well, this is, to me, is a scam. I, 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 again, I don't know if it would help out the total cost factors of all cars across the board because we wouldn't have to have multiple lines doing different kinds of cars. Everything's the same. So in other words, you're defending this. This is what kind of fascinates me. I'm not defending it because I don't like it either, to be honest with you. But I'm just thinking that there's maybe some redeeming quality here. I don't I don't know why. I just there's something we listen when Adobe first came out with this subscription model, because they were the first to really do this. Do it right. Do it right. And it wasn't really around before. And everybody's like, what? That's not true. It was around before, but no one was doing it right. But you remember what the big issue was. You bought a disc or you had the program downloaded, whatever you want to call it, right? And you had that. You didn't have to upgrade your Adobe Photoshop for two or three years unless you were like, I got to upgrade. I need the new features, right? So they they were, the thing was like, well, if I go to subscription, what's their incentive to really upgrade to something that's really substantial because they got me anyway? Yeah. So that all changed because, I don't know, whatever happened. It's it's But, but now it's the way of, it is. That that how Adobe operates. When you get you when you buy your Adobe subscription, you don't have the fancy features that they give you later. That you you when to do the upgrade, you know they do upgrade it a couple mm-hmm. times a year maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are complete software subsystems that are then pushed pushed onto the Adobe platform. Right. It's not as though it's it's not like flipping a switch. And the thing that's going on with these cars is more like flipping a switch. I get it. I understand. I, I get it. It seems. In other words, seemed, you have you already have the feature. 
Right. You but have they, they won't let you use it. Yes. I mean, if Adobe came out with Adobe Photoshop and they, the feature that the, let's say their anti-blur feature was already there as opposed to being a whole new subset, a bunch of routines, a whole software package that has to be plugged in, which is what they do now. It was already there, ready to go, except if a toggle was all the difference. Flip the switch from remote toggle, flip. What about the other way? What about the other way? What if, what if it was there, but if you don't want it, you don't have to pay for it. The other direction. Can you, would you, would you, uh, appreciate that if we get everything for the wait, price, wait, but now okay. you go backwards. I, 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 I listened to this for a while. It sounds good when you first stated it. Then it's the, then it, there was a <laughs> flaw. You have a logical, you have a fallacy in there. Okay. Why would you not want it? You can save money. Turn it's off. It's there. I'm no, it, that's no. So now you've, you you're, you're, this is good. What you're trying to do, but it's not working with me. <laughs> It's a fallacious way of looking at it. Save money. Save money. I don't know. I'm giving. I'm so just trying you, to come out of. I'm trying to figure out how this makes sense. You, well, you're not going to figure it out with me. It seems not. Seems not. Now, one of the things you can do. Listen, you as far get, as I'm concerned, is a scam. Yeah. Well, what's not a scam, by the way, John C. Dvorak, and what is available on the show for everyone if they choose to use is the opportunity to be a part of the show. You know what I'm saying? People can actually donate and not only help out, but be a part of the ecosystem. Be a part of that Gaussian blur. Be Did a part of that. you ever mailing out asking for uh, donations? What's that? Did you ever send a mailing It's out. going out next week. Is that okay? That's fine. Yeah, I thought it would. Do it in the holiday spirit. So you're going to be getting an email from us if you sign up to our uh, to to our um, mailing list. But also, you could do it ahead of thing ahead of time, and uh, we'd appreciate it. Go over to the show notes or to the website dhnplug.com. We're on show number six thirty one. You could check that out as well. We have one very quick uh, limerick that was sent in by somebody named Henneberry. Until I got the Somebody name. actually sent this in. Somebody sent this in. Yes, this is not me. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to screw this up. I know it. <clears throat> in days of old, when nights were bold, the Fed not yet invented. Silver or gold bought everything sold, and inflation was prevented. Wow. And I read it right. That was short and sweet. Uh is that really a limerick? Though? It's not a limerick. It, it's more of a. Just a it's more like a, it's a poem. poem. Yeah, it's a poem. A rhyming a poem. Haiku of some sort. Well, no, it's definitely not haiku. Haiku would be too long. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I mean, it's not. I don't consider it a limerick. I don't think it has the kind of style of a limerick. Uh, it, it's just a cute little poem. I'll give it a B. B. So you're giving it a B for a poem, but not a but limerick is not. So it's not really. No, I'm giving it, a, it I, as a poem limerick. I'm giving it a B. Oh, if it's just limerick. a poem, I would say that's cute. I'd maybe give it an A, but it's, it was pre- presented as a limerick. Okay. I'm going to do. Uh, we're going to, we're going to move on now. <laughs> Let's get to the stocks. This is a game that we play. It's not a solicitation to buy or sell any security. It's not a recommendation of any kind. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk, along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Horowitz, a company myself, or John C. Dvorak may invest in any of the securities mentioned, and we'll disclose that on the website under the weekly stock picks section. You can go to dhunplugged.com and see all the names we discuss in the segment, along with the performance information from the date discussed, as well as any additional important disclosures. Well, I can't believe okay. that Foot Locker is already down 10%. I'm shocked. Yeah, and you didn't get it in yet. Yeah, it was in last week. Last week. It oh, is that? Oh, okay. 1023 is short after its uh, earnings came out and shot up like 8%. And the numbers were like, okay, but not great. Yeah, yeah, you're going to get kicked shoes. off of that thing. Mm. Your Walt Disney was kicked because of the two woke and the woke, uh, you know, kind of turned around and you were oh, short. Yeah, yeah, I just saw that coming. As soon as they put Iger there, you know, it's a whipsaw situation. It's... Still, you know, what are you going to do? Yep. We also got kicked. Earthstone Energy got kicked off. Uh, that was your value position, up 7.5% yeah, on the up, out. 
Home of State. Yep. Uh, big winner still up the dig and uh, FEC Bancorp and Kellogg up 22% and people eating cereal and other things of that nature. Moderna, COVID coming up 1229 uh, you know, maybe the, maybe they'll start. I, my thought also with that was that maybe China, but I just, nah, not going to happen. They're going to still use, I, I've talked to some people that I know in that business. China's not going to use anything but the um, Chinese and the Russian vaccines, which don't work. Which, not that anything. <laughs> none none work. of the vaccines seem to work. You know, I was speaking to my father tonight. You know what he said? He said, everybody up here is getting COVID. I'm like, what do you mean, dad? He says, oh, my friend, everybody, no, everybody's getting COVID. I'm like, are these the same people that not only got the original shot, but would push their way to get the booster ahead of everybody else? And then the secondary booster, the third booster. And like they, they're on a, like a monthly regiment whenever the booster comes out that they get another one. Yep. I said, well, there's a weird coincidence going on there, isn't there? People down here, I don't know anybody have COVID. I mean, you know, at least not good right now. <clears throat> you know, maybe uh, it's something to do with the fact that you're over-vaccined. No, he says that my doctor says, my doctor says <laughs> that it's a good thing we have it because you know what? You may get sick, but you, you won't go into the hospital. If you don't take the vaccine, yeah, you're you got to be in the hospital. <laughs> be the hospital, that ventilator thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what they imagine. do. And that's what they sound so like. So where is it? Where is the old man? He's in uh, Palm Beach. Palm Beach. Oh, so he's in Florida, but he's not where you are. He is uh, in Palm Beach. Yeah, wow. A, yeah, he, he deliberately moved about an hour and 10 minutes away from me. Just far enough. Just far enough, just close enough. Yeah. You know? So, uh, what Palm do you got for stock? yeah, yeah, stocks? Yeah, I do actually. Ecore. Penny stock, I want to put a stop loss of uh, 50%. 50%. <laughs> wow. What's the, what's the, uh, is it ECOR? Is that the symbol? Yeah, ECOR. And you're going long on this thing? Yeah. Control V. Uh, yeah, C. V. Trading, oh, trading at 33%. So we got 33 cents. 30, yeah, 33 cents. Yeah, 50% stop. So it's got to go back down to 16 cents. Yes, exactly. <laughs> to come out of this thing. If okay. it goes to 16 cents, I'm out. Okay, 30, 22. <laughs> you never know. Um, Oh, should I buy this? Did I ever do this before? Oh, yeah, I did it before. No good. I just feel like this Silvergate Capital, the one that funds the, um, that funds the, uh, yeah, the bank, the the bank that funds the, the crypto, if just a little bit of good news comes out, like they don't have exposure to block by which they said they don't have very, very little. They don't, don't have much on the FTX side, which they say they have very little. And even though a lot of people are shying away from the crypto lending, ah, let's put it on there for the hell of it. Okay. SI. I mean, it just... Okay, it just, I think that's a good bet. Yeah, it just... How much worse can it get? It can get worse. It could, yes. Um, let's click here. Oh, that didn't work. We're going to buy... Oh, do, what's your thesis on yours? Insiders. Insiders. One of the directors is buying a bunch of it at 33 cents out of the blue. Out of the blue. Uh, I'm thinking, yeah. Gabby, and it's a 30, it's a penny stock too, which is always fun. So it's a real penny stock. Yep. Okay. Then we're going to put here is goes uh, something, uh, one, one good thing we're going to put on for SI. I think it's a good bet at this point. Listen, it, it is possible this stock is going to go bankrupt. It, but well, I wouldn't do it. I hear you. Uh, big, big moves tonight also uh, after the close. Some of the, the most loved by the CNBC dudes. Got crushed tonight. Uh, stock called um, CrowdStrike. Uh, they're in the 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 CrowdStrike. Oh, that's a company we're always bitching about on the No Agenda show. Yep. Why is that? They seem to be involved with a lot of phony baloney activity, and they have crazy. I they're just it's just an annoying company. It's annoying. The company is annoying. It's a, like a spooky company that is always involved in some of the, you know, uh, analyzing situations that they don't know what they're talking about. We don't think. I don't know why all these companies they stink. just don't like them. A lot of, all these companies stink. Everybody in the, what do we call it? The, the, the web security business? Is that what it is? These are terrible companies. Yeah, a lot of them. I just don't understand. It seems like they should be good. I mean, I can, I can think of 
five companies right now, their stocks just it's awful earnings, terrible numbers. Yeah, maybe they're good at what they do. But well, I think, you know, a company like Cloudflare. That's different. It's a good operation. It's a different deal. Cloudflare is different than a security firm. No, no, they're not. They're not pure security, but they 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 function as a security system because you if you go through them, you can be you can block a lot of bad things from happening. Okay, so they have the security wrapper, we'll call it. But then yeah. you but they can't be put on somebody else's servers per se. They're, they're not no, like you have to go through their stuff. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'll talk to you next week. We've got to talk about next week's show when you get a chance. Not right now. It's no big deal. We'll do it. We may not, we're not going to be live next week uh, yeah. on the stream, but we will definitely do a show. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, adios to you. Okay. All right, talk to you later. You. All right. Bye. Bye. You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye-bye. Now, I'm not broke, but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent, cause I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pockets, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint, I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care, no millionaire can give me the icy stare, cause I got a dollar, my last dollar bill. Horowitz & Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.